think about yes. it. When you've got a tiny baby and they need your care, 24 hours a day that baby needs your care. And then as that baby gets older, they need your help less and less. But we get used to being there 24 right. hours a day. So there comes a time when you think, okay, so now I've got a little bit more space. Perhaps your kids have gone to nursery or you know they've started school. And then there's some more space, but you're kind of used to putting everybody first and everybody's needs first. And then you kind of feel guilty. mamas welcome to the more than a mother podcast where we believe you can pursue your dreams and be a great mother at the same time i am your host lawan moses and i am helping you find the freedom to live are you ready let's go this is your host lawan moses and i'm back with you again for another great episode Today joining me all the way from Spain is a special guest named Dr. Orlina Carrick. She is a pediatric doctor turned weight loss and health coach. She helps ambitious moms overcome the frustration of not losing weight. She teaches moms to eat and be healthy, to look after themselves and feel fit and fabulous. This conversation I have with Dr. Orlina was very great and it went way beyond just eating healthy and living healthy but we talked about how our emotions impact not only our lives and our feelings, but also those around us. So here's your look, here's your listen inside my conversation with Dr. Orlina. Hi, Orlina. Welcome to the More Than a Mother podcast. I'm so glad to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. I'm just excited to get into our interview and discuss all the great things you are doing. But before we get there, can you please introduce yourself to our audience? Yes, of course. Now, I am from the United Kingdom, as you may be able to tell from my accent. I have four amazing children. I say amazing and frustrating and all of that wonderful stuff that comes with parenthood. And I trained as a doctor in the UK. I worked as a pediatric doctor. And then around nine years ago, we moved to Spain and I accidentally lost my medical career. And I know it was a little bit, I say I jumped in with my eyes wide shut, but it's a a good adventure. But, you know, all adventures have some good parts and some not so good parts. And one part was that I am no longer working in clinical practice, but now I'm doing other exciting things online. So that's and, and what I do now is I teach people about healthy eating and specifically people who busy mothers who want to lose weight with healthy eating because I know there's lots of different ways of losing weight but they also want to feed their kids and you know life is busy and things happen and they just can't quite work out how to do it and that's where I come in and help them and show them that healthy eating is fabulous and fun and easy and everybody can do it. That's awesome. That sounds just so wonderful. So before we get into all that you do and all the great ways you are helping busy moms, we're just going to go a little bit backwards and talk about just your story. Because, you know, on our podcast, we believe that you can pursue your dreams and be a great mom at the same time. And everyone has a story. We don't just wake up and we're the person that we want to be right now at this moment. We all have a journey, a path that we travel that got us here to this point. So if you don't mind, could you share with our audience just a little bit of your story? Just let us know, like, what put you on this path? What was your aha moment that led you to the journey that you're on right now? Yeah, I think my story was 
it really happened when we moved to Spain. So I always had this idea that I wanted to go into medicine to travel. I love traveling. I've always had this travel bug. And I got to the stage back in the United Kingdom where in 2009, and I tell you this now because we were looking at the outbreak of the coronavirus. At that time, we had an outbreak of swine flu. And I was busy working in hospitals and seeing all these children. And I was pregnant. And at the time, pregnant women weren't allowed or weren't supposed to be seeing people with swine flu, which was basically everybody. And I had that kind of light bulb moment, that aha moment of like, this is not how I want my life to be. And I'd always wanted to move abroad. But it was almost like, you know, I was waiting for the perfect right time. And I just decided, you know what, I'm going to do it now. And I'm just going to make it happen. And really and truly, that's kind of what I did. And people used to say to me, oh, so how are the plans for moving Spain going? And I'm like, oh, we're going in March, but with no other plans. <laughs> and right. then they like, okay. <laughs> and that's what I did. So then I would say the second part of my story really was that I found myself in Spain and moving was incredible. You know, on some levels, I was leading my dream life. And on other levels, I really was struggling with this loss of identity that was my career and my sense of self-worth. You know, as much as yeah. being a parent is fabulous, I wanted something more. And I just, I didn't really know how to get that. And on my daily, like, thoughts, I think sometimes it would bubble to my surface and it would be this thought, oh my goodness, I didn't go to medical school for so many years and take so many exams to decide what to cook my kids for dinner and they're not going to eat it anyhow. So what's the point? That was the sort of frustration that I was grappling with. Right. Really mundane, doesn't it? But yeah, it was kind of agony. And I think from there, you know, gradually, my husband was ill. He had a stress-related illness. And I, kids, they were four children under the age of four and a half. I had twins when my oldest was four and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah, my hands were full. And things were stressful, you know. You know what parenting's right. like. And I kind of found myself snapping at my kids more than I wanted to do. And I could see my husband was stressed. And I just kind of thought, I have to do something. I have to change the way that we're doing this. And I did this really good parenting course. I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Laura Markham, but she teaches parenting. Mm -hmm. And it was a really good course. But really and truly, it was a course about adulting should we say rather than parenting right. it was more about my emotions and how to get a grip on my emotions rather than teaching my children about their emotions and I think from there that started this journey of self-discovery and self-care and thinking about how we turn up in life and managing our emotions and I basically realized that I was not the only person who was going through this that this is really the path that women go through when they become parents, it's that they almost lose themselves right. and end up being, I don't want to say just a mother because a mother is so super important, but right. that's what it feels like. That's what it felt like to me. Like where was this 18 year old who went out and partied and traveled the world and did all these amazing things. She was lost in this. Yeah. I changed nappies. I wash an awful lot of nappies. I create food, I play peekaboo oh so many times a day. <laughs> right. And where, where was the stuff that I wanted to do and it wasn't there? And I think that's how I kind of came out of it gradually, gradually. 
Right. And that makes so much sense because as you said, so many mothers do experience that. We become mothers and we lose our identity and we just become so involved in everything with what our kids are doing. And I think it's just so important how you mentioned that you're trying, going through this moment of losing your identity and trying to figure it all out and even touching on managing your emotions because so often we're trying to manage everyone else's emotions that we don't do that like self-inventory, that self-reflection of what am I feeling at this moment and how is this contributing to this situation? Absolutely. But you know, it makes sense though, doesn't it? Like if you think about yes. it, when you've got a tiny baby and they need your care, 24 hours a day that baby needs your care. And then as that baby gets older, they need your help less and less, but we get used to being there 24 right. hours. So there comes a time when you think, okay, so now I've got a little bit more space. Perhaps your kids have gone to nursery or, you know, they've started school and then there's some more space, but you're kind of used to putting everybody first and everybody's needs first. And then you kind of feel guilty about, I don't know, going swimming or doing stuff for you that is about looking after you and replenishing yourself because we're just so out of the habit of taking care of ourselves. Right. And we do our time, even from the time we get pregnant to as our infants, it just goes all into the baby and those type of things. And it's just that whole evolution of motherhood, as we could kind of call it, to where we go from being so needed to eventually our kids getting older and needing less and less of us. But because we're used to being there, that's all we know. So we just find other ways to be there all the time and before we know it we look up and it's like okay now what <laughs> I'm yeah, giving exactly. all this to everyone else now what? <laughs> exactly exactly yes so when you were going through just these moments with learning about your emotions and evolving as a mom and going into these different self-reflection moments like what did you encounter like any type of obstacles I know you mentioned mom guilt and things of that nature like did you experience just any obstacles or feelings during that moment as you were making this transition yeah totally and you know I think not so much when I was making the transition when I was making the transition I think the first thing I really kind of learned was this idea that when you feel triggered by your children. So I have four highly strung children and I suspect most children are highly strung. But you know they have it's almost like children have a roller coaster of emotions. Yes. And one minute, you know, my son says, "Oh, it's the best day ever." And oh, now it's the worst day ever. And now it's the best day ever. And now it's the worst day ever. And we're trying to keep up. But right. part of that is, you know, that your children get really upset, frustrated, or angry about whatever it is. And they have these big emotions. And we have these things called mirror neurons in our brains. And so when you've got a shouting child, you start to feel that anger, you know. And that anger sort of grabs hold of you. And before you know it, you're shouting and screaming. And you don't want to be like that. But that's sort of you in the grips of anger. And I think the big thing for me was to really see that... That was like I didn't really have anger before in my life, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Okay, you might get frustrated about the traffic or the, I don't know, the rotor at your hospital or something right. like that. But it wasn't this, it was just another stress in the day. It wasn't this, oh my goodness, huge emotions that you feel on a big daily basis. And so what I really learned to do was sort of step outside myself and look at myself and go, oh wow, this is this is anger and you can see that and really learn to manage it. And when I say manage it, I don't mean control your anger. 
So when I teach people about emotions, what I tend to say is there are three ways that you can manage your emotions. Firstly, you can be swept away by them. Secondly, you can deny them and pretend they aren't there. And the third thing that you can do is feel them. And that's a kind of difficult thing to do and not act on it. Right. And just be present with the anger, the frustration, (laughs) whatever it is, but not shout or scream or act from a place of anger. And I think that it's really difficult. And it's an ongoing process. I think once you learn it, you get much better at it. But, you know, life happens all the time. It's just using those tools. And I think that was my big eye-opening moment for me, my big oh, wow, this is what my children are teaching me. <laughs> right, and I mean, and that's so good. Cause I mean, even just thinking with my children and how you say manage the emotions, once you know, as you said, the different levels of emotions, you can kind of process it. But when you're in that moment, you kind of just react. And I know I find myself these days where I'm like, I react to it. And then I'm like, wait a minute, after it happens, I'm like, how can I do this differently next time? So it's just about becoming like self-aware because it's so easy to meet that anger with anger or to shout and get frustrated. But then it's like, okay, how can I handle this a different way? So, I mean, even just listening to you, I'm learning some things now because it's so easy to react. And it really does take like that conscious effort to not react, but still feel that feeling. Yeah, totally. And one thing that I really came to realize as well is I quite like lecturing my children. I like, you know, after they've done something, I need to tell them and set them straight. And And I realized that that is just the same thing. It's just me being angry with them still and wanting to give them the, you know, you're still triggered when that happens. And I think that was another aha moment that I had. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's just anger talking again, you know? Wow. Yeah. I I never even thought about that myself. (laughs) That's a good one. That is really good. Yeah, I never. Yeah, that is true. When yeah, you say that. Yes, that is a light bulb moment because when you think about it, yes, I'm lecturing and then I get the okay, mom, like your kids are like, okay, yes, I hear you. But then you just still keep going on and on. It's like, okay, you made your point. But as you bring out the lecturing turns into just a different way the anger is manifesting itself because your kids are like, okay, mom, I got it. But yet we're still going on. So yeah, exactly that. That is exactly it. And you know, your kids aren't listening and you, and the back of your mind, you have this little voice saying, this isn't the best way to teach them. What I think right. Them. Yeah. Just like, I have to tell you. I exactly. To- <laughs> we're like, okay, it stopped a long time ago. Like they stopped listening. They got the point, but yet we're yeah. still going on and on. So I mean, but it's just good. I mean, cause it shows just how universal like motherhood is. Cause we're in, I'm in the United States, you're over in Spain, and we're talking about dealing with some of the same issues. So it just shows that no, no matter what the household is, moms are experiencing a lot of the same things. Yes, absolutely. I believe that entirely. I think that's entirely true. Yes, it is so true. So you mentioned, so you mentioned like going through this, it helped you with getting on the path that you are on today. So would you like to tell me more about what you're doing with your business at all today? Yeah, so, well, during this time of, how can I put it, self-traumas, I guess it was, and this idea of, you know, I had been a pediatric doctor, and, oh my goodness, what else could I do? I started doing stuff online, and I started um, particularly thinking about healthy eating for children, partly because I had two very picky eaters myself, and I realized that this whole idea about teaching children to eat healthily wasn't as easy as, here are some vegetables, come and eat them, because that's 
that's what I kind of thought. Like, you know, I used to see people in clinic before I had kids and quite often you see children who are constipated and partly the reason or the most frequent reason they're constipated is because they aren't eating their vegetables. And I would say, just give them more vegetables. And I had no idea that that is good advice. It is good advice, but you can give them vegetables and kids will not eat the vegetables. That is true. (laughs) And so I did that for a long period of time. And, you know, I wrote a book called Feeding Toddlers and stuff like that. So I really concentrated on kids. And then I kind of realized as well that it was kind of one of those raw subjects for me, that I had picky eaters. And so when my children were going through a bad stage or I was going through a bad stage, I felt, I can't, how can I help anybody else do this? Like, I'm not perfect. So clearly I can't help anyone else, which is kind of silly. Of course I could have helped people. But I also had another light bulb moment, which is, the best way to teach your children healthy eating is to demonstrate healthy eating. And that quite a lot of the people I was trying to help were people who didn't eat healthily themselves. And so then that becomes really difficult to teach your children healthy eating when you're not doing it. And when I say healthy eating, a lot of people were complaining about picky eating. But for me, in the background, it was healthy eating because you know, if you're happy to feed your children chicken nuggets the whole time or whatever food it is that your children eat, then picky eating stops becoming a problem. And so really the issue underneath is that people want to teach their children healthy eating habits. Right. So around 18 months ago, I did what they call in the industry a pivot, which is just, you know, changing direction slightly and started working directly with mothers who also want to teach their children healthy eating. And the issue that most mothers have is weight loss. And so I help mothers lose weight with healthy eating. And at the same time, they want to teach their kids healthy eating habits. So I kind of do everything, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. And I mean, it's good thinking about the changing between the picky eating and the healthy eating and getting to that root issue. And uh, it is a lifestyle. So it really does start with, the parent, the mom is the example, because we can tell our kids that you need to eat your vegetables, you need to do this and that with eating. But until we're demonstrating it ourselves and actually living that way, they're kind of looking like, well, why do I have to do it if you don't have to do it? So yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And kids learn, we know this, kids learn by watching and by mimicking. You know, when, when you see little kids and they play house or whatever it is, they might play, you know, doctors and nurses, or they might play watching you hoovering you know they they just they copy you and that that carries on they copy whatever we do and which another really good reason to demonstrate good emotions rather than you know how to shout and scream at your kids because they'll just copy that as well but you, going back to healthy eating yeah if you, if you tell your kids to eat vegetables they're going to look at you like you're not eating vegetables and if you eat them yourselves And you don't really have to say anything. There are certain things that you do need to be aware of. But essentially, if you eat healthily, they will just grow up eating healthily. Yeah, it's that simple. But yet we make it so hard. (laughs) And we think like when you say it that way, it's like it sounds really simple. But yes. I mean, I guess I think the big issues that I see for people are time. And I think one of the things that I see is that people have their lives, they have their routines, they have their habits and their systems, and life works like that. And essentially, it comes down to providing healthy food for your family. So there's the time, the habits and the systems, and you need to change those habits and systems. 
And also, you need to retrain your children slightly because if you've been used to presenting them with a certain type of food and then suddenly you change, actually, they're going to, it depends on how old they are and the type of child you have, but often they're less resistant to it than you are. So I remember a few years ago, I got fed up with my children because they would always want dessert. Mm -hmm. We always used to have dessert every single day and they would just save themselves up for dessert. They didn't touch the main course. And, you know, they weren't hungry for main course and then they would eat dessert. And I went, oh, do you know what? We're, we're not having dessert. We're just going to have dessert on Friday and Saturday. There's no reason we have to have dessert. Right. Who knows why I ever started dessert? One of those strange things that you do when your toddler is there. <laughs> Anyhow, and I kind of thought, oh, they're going um, to be a lot of resistance. And I steeled myself for resistance. But actually, they were just like, oh, okay, fine. And that was it. That was the end of the story. And all the drama was in my head and not in right. their head. Now, other times it might not be as simple as that. But if you make up your mind and go, we're doing it this way now, they might complain and shout. But if you stand firm, they will. They'll do it. Right. And a lot of times us moms especially don't want to hear our kids complain. So we tend to give in. But I really think it's important just for being healthy and living a healthy lifestyle. I mean, it doesn't have to be an extreme change. But as you mentioned, just like you decide, okay, we're not going to instead of having dessert every day, we'll just have it a couple days a week. And just those type of things, just to make those transitions. I think a lot of people, we find ourselves in like this loop because we go from one extreme to the next. So we're eating unhealthy. And then all of a sudden, we just want to cut out all the unhealthy stuff and have like this strict healthy diet instead of making it a lifestyle. Yes, that's so, so right. In fact, I was talking to somebody last night about this and she was saying, oh, I find it so difficult because, you know, I want to do healthy eating and I want to do it perfectly. And then, you know, she, she wants everything to be healthy and then she gets tired and exhausted about thinking about what to prepare. And so then she swings the entire other way and she's like, oh, well, we just have junk food the entire time. So instead of the middle line, and I think you are absolutely right. It's about not being perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect. You're far better off doing imperfect healthy eating than this swinging between one and the other and going, oh, do you know what? Pizza, frozen pizza for dinner on Friday because I'm too tired to do anything else and the kids like frozen pizza and that's fine. If that's what works for you, it's about thinking about where you are on your journey and what works for you and your family. And if frozen pizza on Friday evening works, then do it. And I would say add some vegetables because that's a really super easy tip. Just constantly add more vegetables. Yeah. But yeah. And that's a good tip that I think that we overthink what like a serving of vegetables is and how to get the vegetables in. Just like it's not just by adding vegetables or something, you can get in a serving. So I think that is just really great. Yes. And, and the other thing I would say as well, going back to children and them wanting foods or, you know, the foods that they like, is that children are not natural healthy eaters. It isn't like children learn to eat healthily. It's not, you know, like they learn to walk all by themselves. You don't have to do anything to teach your children to learn to walk. But you do have to teach them healthy eating. And if you think about how our body is made up. We have this inbuilt drive to go and look for glucose, to look for sugar, because that was a survival instinct that we had. But now, of course, it's super easy to get that sugar from everywhere. But that translates to our children as, yeah, I want sugar the whole time and I want those easy foods. So, you know, whether that's something like a savory, my kids love spaghetti bolognese, so that would be there. But that's a quick, easy release, you know, glucose, that's what it gives them. 
And that's perfectly fine. That is a normal child response to constantly want cake, to constantly want all of those unhealthy foods. But we just have to be aware of that because we don't want to have, to, we don't want to give into it the whole time. Just asking for it doesn't mean that you get it the whole time. Right. And that's, that's the point right there that just because they ask for it doesn't mean that we have to give it to them. But a lot of us have a hard time saying no to our kids, to anyone. So I mean, that's the important thing to remember. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody does. I do. And you know, I'm like, I've got my system set out and I still have a hard time, but our kids know that they know that and they know how to ask and they know what buttons to press. And they, they, they spend their times like working out, how can I get this? How can I get whatever it is I want. So they know how to, to, you know, they use us like puppets, I think. Yes. Oh, I definitely agree with that. They learn what works and how to work it. They know how to, like we have our systems, they learn how to work those systems. So yes. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) We have to give our kids more credit because they do learn how to work the system. Yes, they are definitely smart, smart cookies. Yes. So if there is like a tip that you could give to a mom that may be struggling with mealtime or making a transition, like what is like one step that or tip that you could give her to start making that transition? I think if it's, a, if it's about transition, I would really think that that one step is to understand that you can do it. Okay. Because I think that's where so many people fall down it's all about mindset and they have this idea of oh it's totally impossible I can't I can't do that and of course you can and it's the same with weight loss as well I think people think oh my goodness I can try all of these things but nothing works for me and that isn't true it's just you need to find what does work for you and stick to it and I think it's the same with healthy eating it's just about finding systems that work for you and as a sort of general blanket policy I would say add vegetables that's my I'm all about vegetables I love vegetables and you know we can debate nutrition for hours and hours if you want but it's all about the vegetables I don't think you will find very many people who will argue that vegetables are good for you yeah that is true so that's, that's good. So add vegetables. That's easy enough to do. Add vegetables and then understand that you can do it. I think that's really, really good. Yeah, I think vegetables are so easy and we want to keep it easy and we want it simple. And vegetables, just chop them and cook them. It's so simple. Yes, it certainly is. So what would you say has been the most rewarding part of your journey so far, be it with life, business, motherhood? I think, well, rewarding, just enjoying all of it. I think so many things like seeing my kids grow up and I know we get stuck stuck sometimes in those, you know, mundane things, but taking a step back and going, wow, my children are absolutely amazing. And I think growing a business is amazing. Out of my business, the thing I like most is helping individual clients. So, you know, for example, my showcase person that I always talk about is somebody who lost weight and she went from losing weight to running a marathon. And I just think that is amazing. Yeah, you know, that, that, is. that like you, you don't have to run a marathon. I don't want to scare people. <laughs> you only have to run marathons if you love running marathons. And she does. But I think that that transition from, you know, where we are sort of say around 40. And if you carry on where she was before she started work with me, she was putting on weight a little bit. But, you know, she was on this path to carry on putting on weight and then that comes with health risks and you know not feeling so amazing and she's totally turned that around and now she feels fit and fabulous and amazing she's created time for herself you know 
that flying across Europe to run marathons and things like that. And I think that transition, I think, is just amazing. And I love doing that. I love helping She did it. But I love helping her. Yes, and that is amazing. I like how you put out there that you don't have to, your goal doesn't have to be to run a marathon. (laughs) It's just about getting healthy. So that's just awesome. So if someone was looking to work with you, reach out to you just to learn more information, where would they be able to find you? Yeah, sure. So I have a podcast called Fit and Fabulous at 40 and Beyond. So that's a weekly podcast where I talk about more about adult things. I don't tend to talk about kids so much. Obviously, my kids come up to it, but I talk about adult health and weight loss and all of those things that come up. And then my website is Dr. Orlenas. That's D-R-O-R-L-E-N-A.com. And, you know, I have a gift that uh, a sign up, which is a meal plan of easy family meals that will help you lose weight. And I also have a video about systems, my systems, because I want to show people that it is easy. You don't have to do my system, obviously, but it's just this idea of, oh, it can be easy. So you can sign, I can tell you the URL for that if you want it. Okay. It is drorlina.com slash healthy family meal plan with. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll be sure to link to all of that in the show notes just so that everyone can easily find you. Is there anything else that you wanted to share with our audience before we wrap this up? Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, No, just to say thank you to you. And also just remember that you can do it and that healthy living is a marathon and not a sprint. It's not about things that you do one day here and one day not. And the purpose of it is so that you can feel amazing, so that you have energy and feel like I can do whatever I want and create, create my amazing life. And once you start having that healthy living, you then have energy to do all of the things that you want to do, all the amazing projects that you want to do. That's awesome. Well, I thank you, Dr. Orlina, for joining us. This has been such a fabulous interview, and I am just glad that you were able to come and be a part of the More Than a Mother podcast. And I just look forward to seeing all the great things that you are going to do. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to LawanMoses.com. I love for us to stay in touch. Make sure you leave your email address so I can send you inspiration, tips, and the latest updates. Or if you prefer, text the word MORE, that's M-O-R-E, to 302-440-4632. We have some great things coming up and I don't want you to miss a thing. Thanks again. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, keep pressing because victory is yours.